Hello, welcome to Blades Pod. It is Wednesday, the 10th of July. Joining me again, back by popular demand, it is the man from Roy's View from. Uh, it's better known as. Well, actually, better known as Roy, but his actual name is Andrew. Very generously joining me once again to, uh, yeah, talk about some latest news with United. So, going over a couple of signings we've made uh, in, in recent weeks. Um, one of which, of course, is the return of. Blades legend, I think I can call him that. I'm comfortable calling him that. Phil Jagielka. And uh, yeah, we talk about our feelings on these signings, Luke Freeman being the other one, of course. And we go through our top five Phil Jagielka moments, uh, going back to his previous stint with Sheffield United. So yeah, I I really enjoyed this one, as always. And uh, yeah, thanks for downloading. Hope you enjoy it too. All right, joining me once again, back by popular demand, it is Andrew of Roy's View From. Thank you very much for coming back on, Andrew. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. So uh, we actually originally planned to do this podcast on, I think, last Thursday or last Friday. Um, based yeah, last on... Thursday, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then based on the sort of uh, swirling of in-the-know stuff on Twitter... Um, from various people, both random and prominent, I suppose, within the United kind of sphere. Um, so yeah, we were kind of thinking like, oh, we need to uh, we need to be braced here for some big transfer yeah. news, and then didn't that didn't really happen, and it's it's still not happened, and I, I kind of got sick of waiting because I wanted to talk to you about some other stuff anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was a weird a weird week actually of <laughs> refreshing Twitter, I suppose. Um, I think I've, I've yeah, worn out the F five button. I'm sort of following, I think, about five different people and sort of immediately unfollowed them when I realised that they were just liars. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, yeah, anybody that's yeah just been tweeting, say, 2pm or 5pm, you, you just, you're just heading for a block or an unfollow, at least. What, what I don't understand, I think I sent you a private message about this, where I don't understand what... I understand people get information, obviously, and you want, you want to share that, but... When people are just blatantly lying, say, right, three o'clock, Charlie Austin signing, I've seen him outside. You think, what are you getting out of that, really? Because all you're doing is lying to your own fans. Attention-seeking. Well, yeah. But after that, then everyone, the, the, the crazy thing about it is that after that, everyone starts beating the club up. Because, well, where's these signings? You know, 3 p.m. people are saying, you know. Yeah. Oh, there's there's no, uh, no avoiding it, I suppose. It's the, uh, the curse of... The curse of following football in the age of social That's media. It. it did occur to me earlier, actually, like 10 years ago, this would have been just like a completely nondescript three or four days of, you know, we wouldn't have had this frenzy of like, hang about, we, we're supposed to have been bidding a club record amount for uh, more pay. And then, oh, wait, actually, no, Brentford are saying they've not even had a bid in. Whereas, yeah, 10 years ago, we'd just be like, there'd just be a footnote in the Star or something, yeah. or like, <laughs> the Daily Mail, that, that kind of thing. yeah. Well, that's it. You look back at store. I, I remember just like as being a kid, like when I used to like be at school and stuff. And then you'd go into the you know at dinner time, just look at back. It's oh my god, we're signing Rob Ullerford, <laughs> you know, someone <laughs> equally as uh, unspectacular as that. Uh, and then yeah, that's the only time you'd find out about it. I, I took a, a bad moment to take a drink of water there. I didn't think you were going to throw out Rob Ullerford. That's a, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean United are in Portugal at the moment for a uh, preseason training and uh our first preseason game is actually just a few days where we play uh rail batiste uh in portugal on friday so we're almost we're almost like back into football um i know it's a bit worrying <laughs> is it uh, i think it's next week we play like burton and then chesterfield and stuff like that as well so yeah, yeah things are moving on um 
So yeah, we, we actually do have some signings to talk about, which we are going to talk about in a second. But I guess first, how do you feel about missing out on uh, on signing Pontus Janssen, who's unfortunately gone to Brentford and not not the Premier League? Terrible news. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Brentford fans on the S2 forum uh, recently, who seem delighted because they're getting Pinnock and Janssen, which I do think the sort of players they, they probably need. But it's like you've just sold Egan last season, who's... <laughs> 20 times better than Janssen from what I've seen. What about yourself personally? Yeah, I, I, I just think he's very, very average championship defender at best and a uh, you know a, a bit of a, a character that probably should best be avoided, I guess. But uh, anyway, that was, that was never a serious thing for United. Yeah, I keep thinking, though, I must have missed something because the Leeds fans do seem quite upset about it. But, I mean, I must have... Because obviously we were in a promotion race from last year, so I must have watched at least... Eight or nine of the games, and I never thought, wow, you know, no. he's going to be stepping up to the next level or whatever. Me neither. Um, but yeah, Brentford paid five and a half million for him, which is slightly more than uh, someone who became our record signing uh, about a week ago, which is Luke Freeman of QPR, finally, finally fulfilling his destiny. Seven <laughs> long years in the waiting. He will now be playing for Sheffield United, and yeah, it was uh, it was a record signing, which I I kind of noticed beforehand that um, you know we'd not talked about it being a record signing, which suggested to me that perhaps uh, someone who would be even more of a record signing was pretty much lined up and ready to go. But then when they did announce Freeman, uh, yeah, they're saying it's sort of in that kind of five to five and a half million sort of range. So not the three million that was kind of originally rumoured, but no. that, that still seems really good value to me. I mean, we talked about Freeman a little bit on the last time we spoke, actually. But yeah, I, I think this is just a, a really, really good signing for us. I mean, the, the best thing about it is we know he's good in the championship. Um, the Opta actually tweeted out this stat that, yeah, since uh, 2015-16, he's created more chances than any other player in the championship uh, and also more assists. So, you know, to an extent, that's that's kind of, um, you know, just the longevity of him playing in the championship for that long, whereas, you know, other players who do well tend to move out of the league sooner, I suppose. But just shows that, uh, you know, even if the worst happens and we go down, you have to figure there's a good chance we hang on to him. We know he's going to be good in the championship. And uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully be able to step up into the Premier League and, provide some competition for for Duffy, for our other midfielders as well. And, yeah, just uh, really, really happy with that signing. How about you? Yeah, you saw the words out of my mouth with the championship thing. I don't want to be negative, but it, it, it's again, it's almost like, Yeah, I think it's almost like a, a bit of a low risk, despite the record fee and stuff. You know that if you don't quite cut in the premiership for whatever reason, then, you know, you've got a really, really top-end championship player on your hands. So... I'm I'm quite excited to see him actually. I mean, I, I, some of the views I got uh, from QPR and stuff were regarding the you know they played Watford away last season. In, uh, sorry, at Watford at home in the F, were it at home? FA it Cup? was at home. Yeah, I think I remember watching it. I think. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't I didn't see that game, but apparently he absolutely run the show. Hmm. So that you know, there's some people saying, well, he can do it, and I'm, I, I like these players who've never played at the top level because it's likely the only chance. Luke Freeman's going to get. Yeah. I mean, if you agree with that, I mean, if he fails with us, it's unlikely that someone else is going to take that chance of him. So he's, he knows this is an opportunity to grasp. I think so. Yeah, and you know that is kind of one of the things you see, uh, I guess, mentioned as a negative about him is like, well, hang on, he's he's, he's twenty seven, all right, so he's not 
it's not exactly uh, over the hill or anything like that. I think that's quite a, a good age, to be honest. You know, it's, you kind of think that players enter their peak in the sort of late twenties. Spot on, yeah. But but like, uh, well, how come nobody's actually picked him up? Yeah, what's he been doing? Kind of kicking around for QPR for a few years, but. Yeah, I, I think, as you say, I mean, there doesn't seem to be any kind of, you know, negatives that... Uh, it's almost bizarre he's still there, to be honest. I think this is why it's why it kind of contributed to my feeling of, like, why haven't we signed this guy yet? Because, you know, QPR are not in great financial situation. They, uh, from memory, have not been in anything like a promotion chase for a couple of years. Um, you know, Freeman doesn't seem to have any kind of off-field issues. There's no, like, uh, injury history of anything like that, so... It is almost bizarre that someone hasn't picked him up sooner. I suppose if you want to be super negative, you're like, well, cause probably because everyone thinks he's not actually good enough. But as as you say, you know, it fits the mould of the kind of players we typically sign of like, you know, this is their chance to kind of prove it at, at a higher level. And yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing him. I think he gives us, you know, something a little bit different to what we've got as well. He's... You know, I was looking at some stats for his season and he, he was one of the best dribblers in the championship last season. So, you know, he, he really does like, you know, putting his head down and uh, taking players on, getting past them, that kind of thing, which we don't really have in our entire squad. I mean, you know, you sort of think of um, as, of Duffy as being that one guy, I guess. But yeah. actually, I looked at the, the highest dribbling player for United was McGoldrick last season. So McGoldrick was 24th in, um, I think it was successful dribbles. And uh, Freeman was seventh, so it was, it was quite a big jump. So that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good so that, yeah, you know the kind of player you can, as we've seen all too often with him playing against us, you can give him the ball and he can make something happen out of nothing. And yeah, that's that's kind of what uh, what we don't have. So I think that's uh, yeah, really a really good signing. The the price is very very competitive, even at five million. I think you know you look at some of the amounts being chucked around by a lot of other players and yeah five yeah. million for someone that we is a known quantity at championship level uh you know i, I just think he'll he'll fit right in so well, i think like from the view from got most of the comments were he's our best player they might have had doubts that he's going to do it at the next level so you can't argue with that i mean qpr they're an established championship club now i know they, they struggled last season they ran that awful run with the mclaren and stuff but we're not talking about a club who don't know what they're talking about in terms of you know they've only just come up or anything. They, they, I mean, how long have they been in the champion? They, they were in the Premiership, weren't they? Not so long ago. Yeah, I guess they've so, been down be, like four or five years, something like that. Yeah, so I sort of judge their, you know, the, what, that they know what they're talking about with with quality players and things. To be fair, so yeah, I think I, I've got no no negatives at all with this signing. If you don't cut it at the top level, it could be along with the rest of our players. You know, you, you yeah. don't know because none of them have played there consistently. Uh, we're interested in one of the comments. Uh, when we signed Freeman was they, they hoped that we'd throw Mark Duffy in the deal. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> no, I didn't. Good yeah, that. one of the comments were, oh, we're really hoping they're going to throw Mark Duffy in the deal. It's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> does, does anyone do these part exchange things anymore? I feel like it's a relic from Football Manager. Well, I've heard about the Morpay thing because Villa, unsurprisingly, Villa have perked their heads up, haven't they, in that, <laughs> in that department once again. And I, I heard a few people saying they were thinking of offering Hogan right. uh, you know, a plus money, which... I suppose it does make a little bit of sense, but yeah, I can't... I don't I mean, think it happens. I think it's people just making it up, basically. The one I can remember just off the top of my head is, do you remember, is it, was it John, O'Con- John O'Connor? Everton? Everton. I remember him, but again, only for playing football manager. What did he yeah, have to I'm go pretty to sure do? we sold... I might, someone might probably be tweeting saying you're wrong here, but it were either Donaldson or Mitch Ward or, or someone like that went to Everton and we got him in part exchange and uh, it was... Pretty appalling, to be honest, if I remember right. I see Bruce, manager, funnily enough, there. 
Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, we had him on loan. He played zero league games, according to this. Yeah, I remember. I think he played in a cup game. At, I went to Notts County away, and I seem to remember him playing there and being really poor. But he, yeah, he was good on Football Manager. He's now retired, which is depressing. Oh. Well, he is forty-two, to be fair. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, maybe not that surprising. Well, talking yeah. of talk, maybe that's a good segue. Actually, talking of old players, there was mm. of course one other signing uh, last week. It's the return of Phil Jagielka from Everton. His contract's expired um, and he's signed for United on a one-year deal, free a free transfer. Um, how did you feel about this? I've got to be honest, when it came out of nowhere, really, didn't it? I mean, obviously, we, we're linked with him purely out of, you know, oh, yeah, I bet he'll end up back at Sheffield United. Yeah. But I don't know if there was any concrete link from anywhere. They were nothing in the papers and obviously we're training at Burnley. And then it just sort of happened in within a day, if I remember right. Like it, mm. it wasn't like the other things where you, you know Freeman would been building up for weeks. It just sort of happened, and my first reaction was, "Oh, is he? How old is he? You know?" And checking out how many play. I think he played seven games for Everton last season and stuff. And I'm thinking, I remember watching him at the end of last season, and he had a game, and I, I, I watched it with my dad actually, and I said, "Oh, that's not the Jaggy Elker I remember." But then I did see him again against Arsenal not so long after, and he was really good in that game. But as soon as I saw that video, you know, the the unveiling uh, yeah. of him, I, I've got to admit, I, uh, you know, it was quite a, yeah, this will be good. I don't know why, I just had that feeling that I, I was really happy to see him back. What about yourself? Yeah, you're not alone in that one at all. But pretty much similar, to be honest. I was I was kind of, this is going to be a bit sacrilege, but uh, I was kind of like <laughs> meh when I saw that he'd signed. Yeah, like, exactly you know, the same, yeah. It turns, it turns 37 in, uh, I think, a couple of weeks, early August, something like that. Um, as you say, there's a few players older than me, which is good. So. Yes, no, I, I did realise that. This is <laughs> we're going to have a player who's older than me in our squad next season, so I'm, I'm yeah. very happy about that. But yeah, as like you know, 36, 37 year old centre back is is clearly kind of he's on the decline of his career. I think it's you know I think that's fair to say. You know, yeah. based on the the numbers, a uh, number of games that he's playing at Everton. I mean, to an extent, you know, Everton are trying to improve, and you know they'll be signing players that they think are. The future of uh, of their defense, rather than you know the the past and present, I suppose. But yeah, I was, I was a little bit meh about it, and then like I thought about it. Well, not not super exciting, you know. We, we basically we we signed a squad player, haven't we? You know, he's not. That's it. Th- there's no way he's starting unless somebody gets injured, I think, or you know, just the odd game here or there. Um, and then yeah, I saw that video of him pulling on a United shirt, turning around to the camera. And I got a bit emotional, and yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, as I say, we're not alone in that at all. I, you know, kind of tweeted about it, and loads of people were like, "Oh, this is, you know, it's just made me really, really happy." I'm not if that, sure if that just speaks to the um, age demographic of the people that follow me on Twitter, I suppose. But I mean, you and I obviously, <laughs> uh, you and I are similar ages, I think. So I, I grew up watching Phil Jagielka. He was yeah. like, and I was like, um, like weirdly sort of fanboyish for him, I suppose, when he was like. <laughs> breaking into the team I, I can't even remember why I think it's I think I just liked his surname to be honest you know when I was like probably about 14 or 15 or something like that and he was just a, a kid in the reserves and then you know suddenly he's like getting into the first team he's like on the bench and then you know he became a, a key player he became the captain so, sorry I think he came through didn't he with Michael Tong who sort of took a took the limelight away from him that yeah. first season, if I remember right like and then Jaggy Elker obviously went on to have a far far better career but I do always remember and this is not just in hindsight thinking Jagielka to me looked the better player even when he were you know playing at right back in, in his first few seasons and things yeah I, I don't know I, I don't remember that far back I think I just like was weirdly invested in him doing well <laughs> and, and yeah it was it was so gratifying to see you know he became our captain he 
he uh, you know was a big part of that team getting us promoted to the Premier League. It was a big part of the team that you know was was very very close to staying in the Premier League, and then didn't really begrudge him uh, the move to Everton. Obviously, became it was did really 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 well for them. And yeah, to see this this lad that I'd kind of followed from from these, his youth team days, basically. Playing for England at a World Cup, let's not forget. I'm you know. glad you mentioned that because I was about to bring that up. I remember when he played. I mean, it were an awful World Cup. It was the one where we didn't win a game. Brazil, but you know, yeah. that was bad, bad. But I remember when he lined up on the first game against Italy for England, and um, I, I genuinely felt like a bit of sense of pride. You know, exactly, far more yeah. than, than Kyle Walker, and I think that was because Jaya Jail Walker, Jackie Elka, <laughs> played for us uh, for obviously for far longer. I don't know how many games he. He ended up playing for us, but it was it was really nice to see someone not just come through the academy, but actually been a, a stalwart of our side for so many years. Yeah, to, to actually to then to play in a World Cup, I, I really you know I really did sense of pride. Definitely, and I, I really did follow his career. You know, like as you say, every time Everton was on, I would be watching, I'd basically be specifically watching how Jagielka was doing. And, yeah, you know, exactly the same, exactly the same. Scored a couple of big goals for them as well, I think, uh, in Merseyside derbies. And, you know, this is, so I think um, one of the things that kind of, I see quite a few people say about uh, players that we should try and sign this summer is this thing about like um, signing players with Premier League experience. And, I'm a little bit out on that as a concept because generally Premier League experience means you've played in the Premier League, you probably got relegated from the Premier League because because we can afford you basically, you know. Signing players from I don't know, say Huddersfield or Fulham or someone like that, how valuable is that Premier League experience, you know, being in a relegation battle? All right, maybe there's some value to it. But on the flip side, you look at Jagielka, we just talked about it there. He's played in like the biggest stage you can possibly imagine. He's played for England at World Cups overseas. He played in Merseyside derbies. You know, he's played in FA Cup finals. I remember he scored the the I think it was the decisive penalty in a shootout against Man United for Everton about uh, probably about five or six years ago, something like that. So, if we are looking for this kind of experienced head who can you know kind of share the experience of playing in in you know high pressure games, then that probably does have some value to it. So I, I do get the argument with that as though there's uh, you know there's value in off the field stuff with Jags as yeah. well, I think. I think Chris Wilder said um we're not gonna be buying many, if any, it might be this might be the only one, players who have actually got a lot of Premier League experience. Yeah. So to bring someone in on a free transfer, I don't think his wages are gonna be sky or anything like that, to be completely honest. And for that, so I've got absolutely. When it, when it first came through, I was the same as you. I thought, Ugh. but when I thought about it, and I, I, just, I just think it's a it's a bit of a nail brain. If you can get older, someone like that, even if he only plays seven games like, like he did last season, that is probably the same amount of games as Craney played for us last season. And you yeah. saw the impact he had in those sort of games. So I think he can still play a, a huge part. I think, I, like I said, well, some of the back end of last season playing against Arsenal. He had a really, really good game, and there are going to be times when he's, you know, he's he's going to get caught out and his lack of pace, and he'll probably pick up injuries and things. But I, I don't, I think it's a bit of a, a no-brainer. To be fair, I mean, if he, even if he ends up playing two or three games, I, I, I think he'll he'll bring more, like as you say, you know, behind the scenes and everything, and and that experience as well. Yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah, I mean, we we mentioned, you know, the the kind of emotional, the, the nostalgia factor, I suppose, and uh, we're going to run through our, our top five. Phil Jagielka moments with um, I, I just did with Sheffield United, of course. I'm, I didn't. Uh, I don't think to clarify that with you. Have you? Have you got some non-United? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've got no. Yeah, there's no other moments. Okay, good. Um, before that, uh, do you believe 
Phil Jagielka in the game against Wigan Athletic that sealed our relegation. Do you believe that he deliberately handled the ball in order to give Wigan a penalty and relegate United and then engineer a Premier League move away from Bramall Lane? Oh, yeah, of course, obviously, yeah. <laughs> no, no, obviously I don't. No, I think, I, I think that it's... I, I can't believe it's even a, a topic for discussion. It were a crazy handball, don't get me wrong, but people seem to forget that he set up the, the equaliser. Yeah. Game with, a, with a really good cross. And it was... Did he win our player of the year again that year, in fact? Mm, I can't actually remember off the top of my head, but I, I would have thought so. He it would have been in the top three or four, I thought. So uh, why would he just pick that one particular game? <laughs> yeah. To, to get a move? Why would he do some? I mean, he could have got a move anyway. He didn't have to relegate <laughs> to to get a move. He could have just turned around and said, right, I want to leave, I want to progress. And I don't think any, any of us would have begrudged him that even at the time. So... No, the man, uh, he just made a mistake, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it, it was a poor decision what he did on on the day in a in a, in a season where lots of things went against us. Lots of people made poor decisions. Things it just happened to be that that was the last game. I don't think there's anything more to it than one bad decision. Yeah, I, I didn't even really realize this was a thing until um, we resigned him. But yeah, I've seen a few. I've seen people. I've seen a few people talk about it and stuff on, on forums and things like that, but not sort of... I thought it was a bit of a joke, but now I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's it, yeah. You've got uh, people who are like genuinely serious. Like, this... No. <laughs> it's it's marginally more believable to me than uh, the Earth being flat. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's, it is a, it's, a, it's a, one of the top football conspiracy theories, certainly United. It's up there with, you know, Beatty Flu and... The fax machine and all that, you know, he's got down in legends. Yeah, it was very bizarre. Presumably, he also shouted something nasty at Danny Webber um, that caused him to miss the post. Uh, sorry, to hit the post in that game. Oh, of course, as well. he did. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, but yeah, so that so that doesn't make his top five Jags moments, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, all right, so let's let's do these in reverse order then. So I'll let you. Uh, we'll, we'll just go through them one each. I think so. Do you want to give me your, your fifth-placed Phil Jagielka moment? Yeah, I, I, I was going to go... Do you remember a tackle he, he did against Arsenal in the FA Cup semi-final where he sort of nearly outpaced Henri? I don't, but but by all means... It, it's it. a very small moment of the match, but Henri obviously came on as a sub in that game and you're thinking, wow, this is going to be... And there was a thing where he was sort of breaking away and you thought, this is it. And Jagielka sort of got back, put a really good tackling back to Kenny. Very small sort of thing, but... I thought that was sort of showed maybe for the first time his potential, if you know what I mean. It wasn't just a a good prospect that had come through. It's like this guy's you know pretty pretty good to be fair. Yeah, so that was in that was two thousand two three, wasn't it? So yes, it's, it's I think only... that was breakthrough season, or maybe the one after, maybe. No, I think I think that definitely was his breakthrough season for sure. I mean, yeah, one thing we kind of neglected to mention is you know he played multiple positions for us. I think you know he, I can't remember exactly which order he played them in but i'm pretty sure he broke through as a right back um then played a fair like kind of basically split games between midfield central midfield and central defense and obviously he he settled as a central defender with everton but certainly for us in um in the premier league i believe he predominantly played in um in midfield or certainly played in midfield quite a few games from what i can remember but yeah as you say that that was a you know that game and that season a good kind of coming out as an actual like, the position, top-class defender. He, if I'm right, he said he played left-back against Wigan, didn't he? Because didn't Warnock have a bit of a... 
brain freeze and uh, or, or did he play right back against no he played right back against Wigan didn't he that's I, where I still the don't cross think, came from for the equaliser yeah of course yeah I, I still don't think we actually got the best out of him as daft as that sounds I think we no. played feel far too much I, I agree yeah and, and centre back definitely I mean it's just proved every time is his best position yeah I'm pretty sure he played central yeah, midfield exactly. during the promotion season um, he did I and mean, oh, don't get me wrong you were that good that he, he were probably our best midfielder anyway yeah you know, true but, I still think that we could have had, you know, mind you, we probably not kept hold of him if we'd have played him at centre half all that time. Because someone would have picked him <laughs> up even earlier. Yeah. What have you got for number five yourself? I have got a. So I've I've tried to lean towards ones I was actually present for and can remember clearly because uh, yeah. they're just well, more memorable, I suppose. But yeah, a a last minute equaliser in a draw with West Ham in two thousand and three oh four, which is a game that did not really mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but. It was a three-all draw. I don't know if you remember this. We went 3-1 yeah, down. Yeah, I'm going to put this one in, actually. Ah, so, good. So we're 3-1 yeah. down quite early on. Um, I think Pesky Salido either equalised for us or put us ahead. Yeah, that's right, if I remember right. 3-1 yeah. down at half-time. Uh, Marlon Harewood always seemed to score against us. Mm. Uh, John Harley, ex-Blade, scored an absolute stunner in front of the cop, actually. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we I think we got one back. And then Paul Shaw, I believe it was, missed a penalty for us. Yeah, that, I think that, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, and the game was in probably the 94th, 95th minute, something like that. We got a corner. Uh, Paddy Kenny had come up for the corner as well. Um, and Jaggy Elka was there, met the corner, looped it over the goalkeeper into the back of the net. And uh, yeah, it was a just a, it, it felt a bit like a sort of um, a, a cup tie kind of game. And yeah, just a, uh, one of my favourite I think it was a promotion battle at the time. Yeah, probably, probably I think was. at the time it was a promotion battle, wasn't it? Yeah. West Ham newly relegated at that point. So yeah, that was a, that was a nice moment. Um my fourth place one, uh, I've gone for the tackle against Nottingham Forest in um, the playoff semi-final win over them in 2003, which uh, hat tip to Den Blades for reminding me of this one. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, the game was still was still even at this point. It was in, into extra time. United obviously come back from 2-0 down, um, and it was still 2-all, uh, and there was a great through ball to David Johnson, who, uh, a bit like Marlon Hayward, actually was a, a bit of a pest against us, always seemed to mm-hmm. score. He was in on goal, um, and, and Jagielka basically came out of nowhere, slid in, made this great block tackle. And you know, if, if he doesn't make that, and if Kenny doesn't save it, then uh, you know, who knows what happens that night? Maybe the you know one of the more famous and memorable nights in in United's mm. recent history is uh, is kind of out the window. So yeah, that that was my number four. How about you? The number four is when he went in goal against Millwall. I don't know if you remember this. I don't remember that one either. Yeah, go on. It was away at Millwall, and Paddy Kenny got sent off at half-time uh, after being in an altercation with Kevin Muscat, unsurprisingly. <laughs> yes. yep. uh, and uh, we were 1-0 down, I think, and Phil Jagielka had to go in goal, and you're thinking. And then, Del- I think it might have been Geary's only goal for us. I do uh, remember uh, Geary scoring a goal against uh, Millwall, yeah. I remember listening yeah, to Yeah, and, and to be fair, he's probably more... Um, known for Warnock going up to every single Millwall player after the match and saying that's for Muscat I don't know if you, if you, if you remember that no I think I've blocked that one out um, <laughs> I, I won't say this yet unless it's one of your other moments but there, there is another Warnock thing that cropped up as well um, yeah it, it basically we went in goal away at Millwall really tough place and he wasn't I, I don't want to you know jump ahead or anything but he wasn't actually on a, he, he did pull a really good save off in that game against mm. Millwall. I remember it went down to his left. I remember I didn't go to the match, but I remember the highlights. He went down to his left. It was really, really, you know, a, a proper goalkeeper save. And that was a I think that was at one nil. So 
to, for him, you know, he won us that game. Obviously, again, it didn't really mean anything. So we didn't go up that season, but hmm. I always it, it was amazing that we genuinely didn't have a goalkeeper on the bench for the almost entirety of Warnock's reign. Yeah, Ray. well, we can talk about this now because uh, I, I can say with some certainty there will be another Jagielka goalkeeping moment <laughs> yeah, on this yeah. list still to come. But yeah, that is true. I mean, this was in the days. God, I feel like such an old man. This is in the days of uh, five substitutes, I believe. You could name yeah, five substitutes. Right, yeah. yeah, so we can obviously up to. Um, Seven, I think it is at the moment. Um, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to name a massive bench, to be honest. Just, no, no, just, no. Just take the American sport approach. Yeah. But anyway, yes, at that point, um, under Warnock, we very, very rarely named a substitute goalkeeper. And the the official reason was... Uh, and actually, it is very logical. And, you know, I think... I think to be to give Warnock his due, I think he was a little bit ahead of the game in this one. Um, you know, how many times do you need to use a substitute goalkeeper versus, like... How many times do I wish I had uh, another central defender if I'm, you know, defending a lead or uh, another striker or another attacking midfielder, that kind of thing? And and that I, essentially is why they've, I guess, why you can now name more substitutes. But yeah, we we were one of the very few teams that didn't waste a substitute on a on a goalkeeper that would play maybe once a season, if that. Because uh, yeah, the the feeling was that. If it came down to it, if we had twenty minutes without a keeper, then uh, Jagielka could do the job. I mean, as it happens, I feel like Paddy Kenny was was quite injury prone. Like he, he definitely. Uh, I'm going to say that it, it works well that theory, unless you've got Paddy Kenny in goal. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair to Kenny, he sort of he ploughed on quite a lot. But I remember, I would say like four or five times a season, I was like, oh my god, Kenny's injured again. Um, yeah. And yeah, there was. I mean, there was that. Uh, the the game that we got uh, sort of clinched promotion against Hull. Hull, yeah, where we, I think they'd we'd blown a two goal lead in that. This is deviating away from Jagielka, but we'd blown a two goal lead in that game, and I'm pretty sure Kenny was concussed. Uh, yeah, after I, the think, second I think goal. he said after he, he couldn't remember a single thing about the last twenty minutes of that game, and yet um, he, he didn't concede in that twenty minutes. So. Yeah, and we uh, well there was I can't remember if it actually led to a goal, but uh, he, he basically grabbed a, pl- a whole player by the ankle in trying to make a save and. The referee somehow didn't give a penalty. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. incredible that. Yeah. Anyway, that was uh, so. That was number four, I think. What, what about your number three and next one up? It was the last minute goal against Middlesbrough. That's exactly what I've got. So really? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take the floor. Uh, there. For me, I would. I remember genuinely being a little bit down about that game because it came off the back of two pens missed against Blackburn at home. Oh my lord! Yes. And we lost to Reading. I think the home game before that, who we thought at the time were going to be struggling down with us and. We were playing a pretty poor Middlesbrough team, really, you know, by premiership standards. Yeah. And they obviously just got Gareth Southgate in his first season in charge and everything. And we looked like we were going to be labouring to a 1-1 draw, which weren't going to be good enough. And I do remember thinking, genuinely, are we going to win a game? I, yeah. I know this sounds insane, but nobody wants to be that Derby team, do they? <laughs> or who gets that nine points and, you know, have that sort of humiliation on them. And that goal, it was just such a relief, I remember. I mean, obviously, we're a fantastic strike as well. And... But just that relief of wow, we've won it. Not we've won a Premiership game. This could take us somewhere else, you know. And hopefully, there's more moments like that next season. Definitely. No, I'm just I'm just looking at the uh, the results to start the season. So that was a uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Middlesbrough is the seventh game. We had yeah, two, so we're we, getting on quite a bit there. Obviously, we, yeah, we're into the end of September. Um, we had two points from seven games, and uh, yeah, excuse me, two points from six games at that point. Um, one of them being the the very first game of the season. So we'd drawn at home with Liverpool, lost to Spurs, lost to Fulham, drawn with Blackburn, lost at home to Reading, lost away at Arsenal. We'd actually scored two goals in our... Oh, my Lord. 
Can you imagine if we start next season like this? The meltdown will be unbelievable. I know, yeah. Just I think I think really Rob Hulse had scored up until that point as well. Uh, yes, I think you're right. Uh, yes, in fact, you are. You are absolutely right. Um, yeah, and I just remember, I remember like thinking this. You know, all right, it's only seven games, but we'd played some I, not amazing teams. I think I that's mean, it. I, that's exactly. Yeah, Reading. Uh, I think Reading, Reading ended up finishing seventh. But as you say, that early stages they got promoted with us, and the feeling was like you know they will probably be somewhere around the same sort of position as us in the league. Missed those two penalties against Blackburn, as you said in the previous home game, which was a an absolute sickener. And then yeah, so in this Middlesbrough game, we we went ahead through Rob Hulse. Uh, what yet again? At that point, the only player yeah, to score yeah. for us. Uh, Yakubu equalised in the second half. I remember that he was a he was a good player for them. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And then yeah, the game is entering the ninety third minute. I think it was. Uh, you know, the pushing for a winner. Ball gets cleared out. Jagielka. I love. I watched it again earlier because it, it's such a good goal. But yeah, he, he like leaps into the air to take the ball on his chest, and he's he must be forty yards out when he like picks it up. And then I think he's, he doesn't have a touch. His second touch is to just swing his foot through the ball, sends this dipping, bouncing volley towards the, the goal at the cop end and it, it flies into the net past It was one of them, if it goes flying over ball, you're like, why have you shot from that? You know, it's last exactly. minute, get it in box. But obviously yeah. to have that confidence to do it, and absolutely fantastic strike that way. It was. And it, it didn't, I mean, you know, it, it didn't like give us a lift off particularly or anything like that. You know, I'm just looking, we lost, uh, we, next three games, draw, loss, loss, and then we started to win some games again. But, yeah, it was. It, it was. A, it was. You've got to get that monkey off your back. I think when you're a newly promoted team, I mean, you've got to get that first win as soon as possible. And that's it. I think it was just that, that. Just that. That the first win. That's it. I think next season it's going to be that first three points is going to be massive. As long as we get them in the first, you know, ten games or something like that, just to give us that platform, really. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that was mine as well. Uh, my second place one. Uh, it was from the same season. It's Jagielka going in goal versus Arsenal, keeping a clean sheet and United winning. So I've yeah, got the same. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the best moments of the whole season. I mean, all right, we got relegated, so maybe maybe there weren't that many great moments, but this this was great. So it was uh, it was right at the end of the year. It's thirtieth December. Um, might have been our biggest crowd of the season, actually. I'm just looking down the list now. Not quite, but near enough. 32,000. Mm. Uh, a 1-0 win over Arsenal. Christian Nade scoring the winning goal. But, yeah, this was one of those games. Paddy Kenny got injured with about 25, 30 minutes to go. And uh, Jags went in goal. Kept a clean sheet. Made some really good saves, actually. There was... I remember there was there was a close-range one from uh, Van Persie that kind of bounced up and he pushed it over the bar and... Yeah, I just remember Jags going in goal and me thinking like, oh Lord, that's, you know, here, here goes three very precious points then because I can't remember who Arsenal had out that day. Um, obviously Van Persie, as I mentioned, there was a Brazilian striker, uh, Julio Baptista, I think it was. Yeah, I don't the think beast. we had our uh, first team out in that game though as well. I think I think Warner could sort of prioritise, I think we played Middlesbrough the week after. We did, but... we played them on New Year's Day, in fact, so two days later. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if you look at the team there, I'm pretty sure he didn't play Rob Hulse. Um, I, there was a couple of others that he, he didn't play in that game, sort of saving him for the Middlesbrough game. Yeah. So it was, it was even more remarkable that we we won that game. Definitely. I look at yeah. Here's the team now. Actually, so we, we started Kozluk. Yeah. Uh, at right back, I think. Um, so Jack's probably in central defence, I guess. Yeah, Alan Quinn. Yeah, you're right. It was. Oh my word. 
<laughs> right, we're gonna re- I'm just going to read this off now. <laughs> Kenny and Gold, Kozluk, Morgan, Jagielka, uh, Chris Armstrong, Gillespie, Montgomery, Ledgetwood, uh, who went off after 27 minutes, replaced by Claude Davis, Alan Quinn, Narde, and Kazim Richards. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't really know what was happening there. I mean, the Arsenal team wasn't super strong, um, I guess, by their standards. Uh, Flamini, Van Persie, Ali Adier, remember him? Oh wow, yeah, that's a that's a blast from the past, that yeah. It is, yeah, but yeah, it was uh, it was a cracking moment. Um, I'm just seeing if this actually mentions how uh, how long he played in goal, but it was a good sort of 25, 30 minutes, and yeah, it was a, a great night at Bramall Lane. One of the great nights at Bramall Lane, trademark, I think. I remember straight after that game, I went for a couple of drinks and I had to come home because I was absolutely exhausted. I really re- remember it proper, you know, fresh in my mind that I had to like, I had like two pints. I said, I'm going to have to go. I'm just, I was shattered because it was that sort of tense and that sort of, it were almost like a playoff final as, as daft as that may sound. Yeah. It was such a huge three points because even to the very last minute, I think we all expected Arsenal to score. Mm. And to get away with that with Jack Elker in goal and our, like the team that we had out, which, which you've just read out, that yeah, that's going to go on. Even though we went down that season, that's, I think that game will be remembered for a long, long time. Yeah, me too. It was like a peak Warnock experience that game, yeah. I think. You know, the backs to the wall, yeah. just random stuff happening. You know, Warnock having having beef with Wenger, as always, and <laughs> as, he, as he tended to do, rubbing, rubbing <laughs> yeah. everybody up the wrong way, I suppose. But yeah, it was it was, it was was indeed a great night. Uh, presumably, then, we both have the the same number one Phil Jagielka moment, so go right ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the moment where Phil Jagielka and Paul Walker became legends, I think. Yes. From that, uh, yeah, I think that that's what he'll, will always be remembered for, Jagielka, I think, that... That strike again. I think it's probably a better strike than it was against Middlesbrough. You're talking, of course, you about the goal that. against Leeds in the Carling Cup. I'm not even saying what it is, other. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know <laughs> sorry, what you're yeah, about, the but yeah, yeah, the goal against Leeds. Sorry, yeah, in the uh, in the League Cup. Yeah, what was it called by then? I can't remember. I think it was Carling Cup then. I think it was Carling Cup. Yeah, because it was the year we got to the semi-finals, weren't it? So it was indeed. It was 2002-03, and uh, yeah, Jaggy Elka brings it down on the chest, a long way out, cracks it. That's, what a goal yeah I think every United fan could redo that commentary you know you, you can go around Bramall Lane and every 30,000 people will be able to recite that those Definitely. famous words by Paul Walker yeah but it was, it was a big I mean it was an incredible strike like, I, I watched it again earlier and it's that is a long way out that is at least 35 yards and he hits it so true and you know the Middlesbrough goal we talked about like it's like a dipping sort of volley, it like bounces up, and that's kind of what makes it hard for the keeper to save. But this one's just like, just like an arrow. It's just like waist high all the yeah. way into the net. Um, obviously, and it's the last, again, it's last the last minute, minute again. Yeah, last minute. We're losing at home to Leeds of the Premier League, and I can't remember if Leeds went down that season or not. But they had a they had a bad season. I think Terry Venables was their manager at that yeah. point. Um, and yeah, they were winning one nil. Uh, I believe Mark Yates scored an own goal. Is that yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I think it was. Um, and then yeah, the ball kind of gets cleared out to Jags as he kind of reprised with the Borough goal, takes it, takes a touch on his chest, and then just rifles this shot in, which it, it was not the done thing from Jaggy Elka, was it? At that point, because I would say that's that's kind of uh, well, it was November two thousand two. I looked it up earlier, so. Um, you know, very early yeah, that, in his like, career. Again, like I said, I think that was his first season. So, 
again, it was one of those where, like, why did he shoot from there? <laughs> you know, yeah. what, what was going through his mind at that particular point? I, I remember that game, and I think we absolutely battered Leeds that second half, but hmm. we just couldn't score. And or then Robinson obviously it got to the last minute, minutes. and then obviously we got to, the one after made it even even more sweet. You know, with, with Unlove winning the game, what thirty seconds later or something. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm sure everyone knows exactly what we're talking about. But yeah, that's basically what happened. We we kicked off again, um, scrambled it into their box, and uh, Unlove had a shot that was blocked by Wayne Allison that was going in. And I always think like he's offside when it when it hits yeah. him. Actually, it's not. And it bounces back to uh, Unlove and knocks it in. And yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to just. Talk about that. Um, like, uh, so this was, as I say, it was November two thousand two. I can't remember the last time Bramall Lane was that full. I mean, I, I reckon there was probably only maybe, I don't know, twenty, twenty four, twenty five thousand fans, mm. something like that. But it had been a long time since I'd seen the lane with that many people in, and you know, this feeling of like a, a big game. I mean, we all sort of talk about the the cup runs under Warnock and you know how we how we kind of were, were up for the cup, I suppose. But I don't feel it really happened in those first three, four, five seasons um, no, not after all. taking over. So this was this was a big deal. Beating a Premier League team, you know, big away following. Uh, I can't... I mean, when would have been the last time we played Leeds? It must have been 15, 16 years earlier. Yeah, like obviously, that. if younger people are, are listening to this, this is not the Leeds of now. This is Leeds who, a couple of seasons before the Champions League semi-final. Yeah. We're not talking about, you know... The Pontius Janssen leads. We're talking about the one with, you know, Harry Kewell, Alan Smith, you know, really, you know, top players at the time. Mm. And yeah, it was uh, it was great to see the lane fall and then to yeah to to nick it like that. Um, obviously, to Jags' equaliser was just. It's just... weird that you, you like you say it's a League Cup third round game. It's it's a nothing game really, despite the fact it's against Leeds. But what I think everyone remembers that because that was the first time probably in my adult life, that I can remember something really good happening for Sheffield United with those cup runs. Yeah, I think so. I go back to the... Yeah, I guess there's a couple of playoff playoff games in the 90s, but obviously it didn't end in anything good. And then the, the Coventry FA Cup semi-final in 90s... Sorry, quarter-final. Oh, of course. Sorry, yeah, I did forget about that. Yeah, of course. In yeah. seven, uh, I think. I was getting my year. But that, that came in a season where we've obviously sold... I think we sold Fjord off and Dean that season. So we there was did. still quite a negative sort of slump around the club. That was almost like, with a lot of young players in Montgomery, Tom, Jagielka. Mm. And we'd seem like a, you know, it, I don't think it was the first proper team for a long time, at least, that I felt like, a, you know, you could identify with and get behind. I think yeah, that was right. spark from that Leeds game. Well, it absolutely did. I was about to say this, because our, our record up to that point, so this was in the start of November, it was not great. I can't. Um, I can't find where we were in the league, and I can't be bothered to calculate it. But yeah. you know, I would imagine mid-table because if you look at our record for that season up to that point, there was uh, quite a few defeats, quite a few draws. Uh, immediately prior to this game, we'd actually played both Forest and Derby away and lost both of them. So we were not in cracking form. It's fair to say, and yeah, I think this this kind of kickstarted this this two thousand two oh three that season, the the triple assault season that ultimately ended in disappointment but um you know it was was a hell of a ride it kind of kick-started that um that thing of like you know it's never over till it's over with united you know we're, we're a goal down going into injury time well it doesn't matter we're going to come back and um and, and nick one and then we're going to yeah. beat you and i think so, for yeah. good and for bad that has ingrained in a lot of people neutrals minds what sheffield united are all about you know i think mm. this is why we still whenever i do the view from we still get the you know they're gonna they're never gonna say die they're tough they're strong and 
obviously that could be seen as a negative and a lot of fans do see it as a negative, especially with the football that we're playing now and stuff. But I think that sort of team, and particularly that era when Warnock were there, I think we're still remembered probably most for that. Yeah. Even now, then, then you know, from, from from modern fans at least. Definitely. So there you go. Um, welcome back, Jags. Uh, it is, you know, it, it genuinely is a pleasure to, to know that we'll be watching him uh, back in red yeah. and white next season. And I, I saw, you know, I saw it obviously in your Everton views from as well, and a couple of people tweeted me on um, on Twitter as well. I don't know where else you're going to tweet me. I don't know why I said it like that, but yeah, you know, <laughs> saying uh, you know, saying it's been an absolute pleasure having him play for us. You know, he's, he's like the one player that they think of when they think of the good times in the last 15 years. That's you know, he yeah. he encapsulates that, and hopefully, you know, he'll he'll end his career on a high with us. So that's always nice to see. I think because yeah, you know, we we know what we're gonna we know that. He's not going to going to turn up, take a wage, which I think is a, a massive fear when you buy Premiership players on the way down. You think, mm. is he just here for? You know, we know that's not going to happen. He might, you know, his legs might have gone. He might, it might not turn out to be a great success. But we know what we're getting. We're getting a proper professional player who, even if he can't help as much as he perhaps would like on the pitch, behind the scenes, he's not going to be someone who's going to be sitting sulking. He's going to be, you know, a, a really important person in the dressing room, as we said earlier. I think so, yeah. Um, I haven't been able to substantiate this, but I did see some people. Uh, I, saw, I think it was Calvert Lewin quoted as saying, "Is like Jagielka is still one of the fastest <laughs> players in the Everton squad, or something like that." Yeah, I did see this myself actually. Yeah, and um, yeah, that I'd like to say I remember seeing him against Arsenal last season, and he were absolutely fine. I saw him in a game before, and he wasn't so great, but you know, I, I, I don't, I can't see any negative around it. To be completely honest, no, me neither. Um, another good bit of news yesterday. Chris Wilder, new contract. Ah, I know that, weren't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was vaguely aware that this is kind of going on, and possibly you could cynically say that that uh, is kind of why some of these rumours about him jumping ship to join West Brom or yeah. Lol um, kind of surface. But yeah, there it is a, a new three-year contract. So uh, managing... it's like an annual contract for a while, and <laughs> it is. I do feel like we've been through this like pretty much every summer, which is why I think I've uh, like attuned myself to not give a crap about why you know him being linked to no, lower jobs. A lot of Wednesday fans give like jibes and stuff. Forget, oh no, he's just playing United to get a contract. Well, he can do what he wants. Let's be honest. I mean, he's the most important person at the football club. So, mm-hmm. if he is doing, you know, using West Brom's advance, suppose advances or whatever, I, I genuinely don't care. I don't know about yourself. No, not not remotely. Uh, he can do pretty much whatever he wants. To be honest, at this stage, and you know, it's, it's obviously working. Whatever it, you know, yeah, he's kind of strategy and he absolutely should be rewarded he's taken us from uh you know the third tier to the premier league he he deserves to be paid like a premier league manager and well i'm gonna yeah. say i mean the wednesday fans were saying it he's probably on half the money that steve bruce is on to be honest so That's very possible if yeah. he's still there i mean it was a good time and i think it was lynn's on s2 for him um who said like the you know the timing of that announcement after <laughs> all the rumors with steve bruce and stuff i, I mean you know uh uh, a conspiracy theories could have a bit of a field there with that. <laughs> a little bit. I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk about Wednesday much, but uh, I, I don't think Bruce is going anywhere. Do you? I can't. I'd be amazed. I mean, when it came out, I thought oh, that's quite funny. You know, seeing Wednesday fans a bit, you know, sort of worrying about it, but it's not going to happen. But I don't know. The, the, the longer it's going on and stuff, and no one's coming out from Wednesday's end or Newcastle's end saying it's not true. I can't see it. I don't. I think it'd be a, an awful move for Newcastle more than anything else. Well. Like, but... This part. So this is the thing. Um, again, without going on about too much, 
uh, I don't want him to go to Newcastle. I want him to stay at Wednesday. I I, I think uh, <laughs> I think bad times are coming there. I don't think I don't think he's a good manager. No, <laughs> as, I, as he I, kind I, of proved I, with amazed. Villa and everyone else. Well, well, and I see Wednesday fans look like are really confident about getting promotion because of Steve Bruce. And am I right in thinking the last team he got promoted were Hull against yeah, them, which it, was about four years ago? But obviously, you know, in a Premiership club, I, I'm the same as you. I mean, the only good thing is Chancery's got a. You know, a knack of getting someone even worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But yeah, the the flip side is, uh, I think it would be very good for us in the short term. If I think it would be brilliant Newcastle. because the Newcastle fans don't want him. And I think that, you know, when you we know that with, you know, sir, I mean, Danny Wilson got off to a great start, which he needed. But if you've got a manager at your club who with the fans are not behind straight away, you're asking for trouble, really. Mm. So yeah, I don't think I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, and, and Wilder definitely isn't, which is great. And uh, yeah, it's, there's a little bit of a feeling of, for me personally, maybe I'm this is super optimistic, but uh, a feeling that like stuff's coming together after the uh, the distraction of the the court case. Which, to be fair, uh, probably most of our fans didn't really pay attention to. But you and I are obviously very plugged into uh, yeah uh, the internet, I suppose. And um, well, I, I won't speak for you, but I almost certainly spend far too much time. Uh, scrutinising this kind of thing, so it's yeah, it's nice to kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to kind of have it underlined that that's not an issue uh, as far as as you say the most important person at our club is concerned. So it does yeah. make me more sort of optimistic about players coming in and the budget he's got as well. Obviously, there's been a lot of rumours of mm. how big the budget is. No one obviously knows, but I, he's not the sort of person to sign a three-year contract if you know he's being given if he thinks that we're not going to get the players that he needs. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, he obviously, yeah, that that certainly says to me that the circumstances uh, basically has all the tools that he feels are needed to work. Well, with. I, I, it's not really changed subject. I, I've, I've been looking at some views for you know Ben Osborne's being linked mm-hmm. uh, from Forest, and one of their fans, I mean, you don't know how true this is, says that he knows a coach or someone at Sheffield United, and he said you know Wilder's sort of looking at it long term. You know, if the, the signing of Freeman and maybe even Osborne if he comes in. Because these are players who can grow with us, you know, yeah. if we do come down and come back up, as we said earlier. So it does seem like we're always going to be worried about Wilder going somewhere because of how well he's done. But he, he doesn't seem to be, you know, he seems to be in a good place. I think he's coming across really happy in his interviews and things. So Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, we just need a few more players in now. So uh, you mentioned one there. And uh, hopefully next time we talk, we'll have uh, have some more news yeah. on that front. But, um yeah, we also released a new kit. What do you, what do you think of the new kit? What's your rating out of 10 for the um, I don't get as excited about kits as like Deadback does. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's yeah, dedication. I, I'm really, I don't sort of, you know, it's not something that I, I, a lot of people can't wait, can they? You know what I mean? Rubbing their hands every day. Where's the kit? Where's the kit? But I think it's certainly the home kits are far better one than last year. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, I'm with, do you know what? I didn't. I didn't like it last year's shirt at all. No. It obviously grew on me because it became associated with success. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was not a fan of the the all white um, back whatsoever. Um, is, that, is that because they have to? Is it because of the numbers or something? Or I is, believe you do have to have a solid back now. Cause but it's obviously better red than white. Yeah. Yeah, I just um, I, I do like this kit quite a lot um, to the extent where I I haven't bought a shirt for quite a while, but I was looking at this like. Mm. 
Maybe this yeah, I'd, I'd give it an eight out of ten if you if you're asking me for ratings or about yeah, yourself. I think yeah, I think I'm the same. Um, I mean, one thing I do like is obviously a, a new sponsor. They've, they've generously allowed us to change their logo color to um, to fit in with the shirt. So yeah, yeah. and it's not as big as, and bold as I thought it would be the logo. I mean, when I first saw it, I thought that's huge, but it actually fits into the shirt really well. And I, I love the um, did you like the uh, the grime video that promoted? I did. It? I actually did, yeah. So um... I've added it to my uh, Demblaze playlist on Spotify because so, <laughs> uh, it's on Spotify now. But yeah, I thought it was, yeah, it was a nice touch. It was, it was good. It was quite funny, and you know, it was. It was good to see. You know, yeah, it was obviously very personal to to United, and it was you know, it's quite nice seeing the sort of uh, I guess the men's and the women's team um, in that video as well. You know, kind of presenting, yeah, completely, yeah, basically presenting everything that the you know this kind of one club attitude that we have at the moment of you know. We're here for all aspects of it, and you know it's very it's very inclusive and welcoming. So, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, I watched the whole thing with a big smile on my face. So, um, yeah. I think the only thing that uh, possibly topped it was I'm pretty sure in one of the still photographs, um, David McGoldrick was wearing the shorts backwards. Did you see that? I didn't see that. No, I'll have to have a look at that again. I did, no, I didn't, I didn't see that. <laughs> it was it was only because somebody uh, somebody pointed it out uh, that I noticed because it's it's pretty subtle. So that's I'll have to have a look back at this when we when we're finished. I thought that was uh, that was a a good touch from him. Um, yeah, uh, I guess that's pretty much everything. I mean, the only other just quickly, I don't want to talk about too much until something actually happens, but. There's a couple of players obviously training with United out in Portugal at the moment. There's uh, Ravel Morrison, the former Manchester United youth player, uh, who is currently unattached, I believe. I guess it must be if he's training with us. Yeah, that's he's, right. He's yeah. been playing for Ostersund in Sweden for a while. I'll let uh, you pronounce that because I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with that one because um, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, that was that was Graham Potter's former club um, before he came to Swansea. Yeah, um, and Joel Lynch is the other one uh, who is a. Uh, veteran QPR yeah. defender uh, I think he's 31 um, not not uh, Lynch not an exciting signing and I, there hasn't really been much kind of murmuring that we no. will sign him but obviously he's, I, he's on trial me, but... I'm really when we got Ravel Morrison on trial I was like what are we doing but I've looked into it and listen, I don't know if you heard the interview with uh, Sean Constable his assistant manager I've not listened to it yet but I'm going to uh, and he basically he was basically saying you know he's been Ravel Morrison has been waiting for a chance like this for you know, four or five years or whatever, whenever he left West Ham. Um, and he says, like, he seems really up for it. And he says, like, it's not when he misses, when he's been missing training and things like that in the past, it's just mainly down to pressure rather than him just being an idiot, you know? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, his, his off the field history is not great. But... No. And I'm, I'm quite excited. I mean, I'm not, I don't think Wilder's a miracle worker or anything like that, but it's surely in Rubble Morrison's interest that this is. This is your last shot, you know. There's mm-hmm. no, I mean, probably the last shot in England. If he starts messing around, we take a chance on him. I can't. I think that's his career finishing. It really, pretty much. I think it. I think it would be, or at least as you say, like to play in a in a top league. I mean, no disrespect to the the Swedish league, but you know, no. it's not the Premier League. It's not La Liga or anything like that. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested. I mean, there's no no guarantees we're going to sign him. I mean, no. <laughs> some of the clips from when he was a kid, you know, the. He, well, I say kid, you know, like twenty years old, yeah. that kind of thing. Absolutely unreal, and all right, everybody looks great on a. You could probably make a YouTube video of uh, of me looking good at football. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but you know, everyone looks great on YouTube. But yeah, some of those clips are like absolutely outstanding, and you know, everybody. Yeah, some last season, though, I don't know if you saw them. You know, in the in the Swedish league and for the uh, Mexican club, was it Atlas? I can't remember. Sorry. Yeah, um, and even even in that, I mean, obviously, it's not the highest standard or anything, but 
he, he he's obviously if he if we do sign him, he's he is going to be the most talented player that we've had for you know for maybe in my lifetime, just in terms of like the skill he's got. But yeah. it's all about his head, isn't it? He is indeed. Unfortunately, uh, it sounds like he's got a slight injury, which probably means he will not play in the friendly on Friday night. But, you know, it, it looks like he's going to stick around for a little while longer. I was just listening to an um, uh, interview with Alan Neal earlier, and it sounds like, yeah, we'll make a decision on him before too long, I think. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, you know, if that kind of works out, then that's that's just just good for us, I think, because yeah. you know, it's another squad player. We need some squad players. and that's It's another low-risk one as well. I mean, exactly low-risk in the sense of the money, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the same with Joel Lynch, I guess. You know, I mean, he is a left-sided centre-back. He's played some games as a left-back, left-footed. Potentially, there's your cover if something happens to I've Jack got O'Connor. some reviews in preparation for Joel Lynch. And I've got to be... I mean, obviously, you can't do anything. You can't judge everything on what other fans are saying, but they're not great. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess they're not going to be. I mean, he's been released by QPR, but, yeah. you know, it could One be One of them just, said uh, that his agent should negotiate Brexit because uh, <laughs> if he's managed to get him a deal at Sheffield United, then... <laughs> but, yeah. Well, almost got through the podcast without mentioning Brexit. But yeah, well, that's quite good, yeah. Well done for getting it in there. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I think that's, that's everything then, I, I, unless we've signed anyone in the last hour, but... Doesn't doesn't look like we have. I'll just double check, but I think yeah. I had about fifteen thousand messages coming through. To be fair, That's but true, yeah. um, no, I can't see anything. He has been pretty quiet. I mean, I think this is how Wilder works, though. He's sort of. I remember the Norwood side in last year just coming out of nowhere, and you know, you, the Jaggy Elka one's another fine example of it. That you don't these a lot of the time we're not linked to anyone, and then it just happens, you know, within twenty four hours. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess. Well, I don't know. I don't know how much of a difference it actually makes. But obviously, with most most people out in Portugal at the moment, you know, maybe things are uh, not going to be announced. I would say I don't think anything's going to get held up um, because you know it's 2019. We have things like yeah, te- telephones and the internet. But yeah, you've um, got to do these videos nowadays, aren't you? As well, so exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you've got, I mean, yeah. Kind of, it's not official until somebody's walking out at Bramall Lane in, <laughs> in a nicely edited video, which I I, I love how how batty that drives some people yeah <laughs> we, yeah yeah we have to waste time I mean, doing that obviously people seem to think that that's what's held up the deal up for all <laughs> you know for all these weeks and things so yeah now we, yeah we actually signed neil Morpo about 10 days ago but we thought we'd just let him have his holiday first and then yeah i mean he was he was staying in cop form weren't he for a couple of days i read so yeah <laughs> apparently we, so uh, yeah, but then obviously he was in Austria now. So yeah, curse those infernal in the know people who. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all good fun though. I do. I mean, I, I do get sort of caught up in it myself quite a lot. You know, you think, oh my god, you know, he's coming, he's coming. Oh, he's not, he's not, he's coming. He's coming. Nobody knows really. I don't think so. No, apart from all the Brentford fans that have. Uh, yeah, of course, the Brentford forum. fans. Yeah, they've all got uh, one of them. Private messaged me actually on S two forum saying. Um, he basically insinuating that he'd been speaking to Morpé and his agent and the Brentford manager that night. So wow, yeah. That's so he's obviously got knowledge. great contacts. Yeah. And what he, he just said, like, forget it. It's never. Yeah, coming he's in. not coming. No, boy, no. he did say he's not coming. He said no bids be made. Did this person have a hilariously B-related username? That's correct. Yeah. Excellent. So, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So, well done but, to yeah, that so. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, let's let's leave it there then. So, yeah, thanks thanks very much for coming on once again. And people can check you out at uh, Panchero on Twitter and uh, Roy's view from 
Com. Yeah, I read that out wrong last week, my mate called me an idiot, so <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm glad you've done it this week. Did so. you actually call it Andrew's view from? Yeah. Yeah, people were properly reeling at that revelation, by the way. I know, I might, I might have to change my name. I've, there's too many disappointed people. I, I, I feel like I owe it the public to change my name by <laughs> default to Roy now, so. <laughs> you might be right. All right, Andrew slash Roy, thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Again, and I will, uh, I'll speak to you later. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. Cheers, buddy.